The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, we got a big Eagles-Commanders game coming up here Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern time. One of the rare 1 o'clock starts on a Sunday for the Eagles this year, and they're going to get a division rival who came into Philadelphia last year and... Ruin the Eagles' perfect record. And, of course, the commander is going to look to do it again here this Sunday afternoon. Will they be successful? I'm going to talk to Jamal Force. He's a commander's analyst from Hogshaven in just a couple of minutes to get his breakdown on what the commanders have done through the first three weeks of the season. Two and one on the season uh, with uh, their first two uh, with two wins, uh, weeks one and two, and then a big, bad loss to the Bills uh, in week three. But uh, the commanders will be looking to bounce back with quarterback Sam Howell and new offense. Offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, uh, trying to put a new identity, a new stamp on a commander's team that is looking to turn the page from the Dan Snyder era. So we'll get a look at uh, what's been going on in the nation's capital uh, with uh, with the commanders uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. But just want to remind you about all the podcasts we have for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. And as far as this podcast goes, I own the enemy. Go on over to Apple Podcasts and under the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, if you wouldn't mind leaving a five star re- uh, rating. And a review for this podcast. Let us know what you think about our weekly check-ins with our enemies here as we try to get you the inside scoop on what's going on with the team the Eagles are going to face each and every week. Well, the Eagles are looking for a little bit of payback from last year when the Commanders rolled into Philadelphia and ended their unbeaten streak. And uh, this week, uh, the Commanders come back to Philadelphia for the first time since that game in a Week 4 matchup. One of the rare 1 o'clock starts for the Eagles here on a Sunday. And joining me to break this thing down a little bit, Jamal Forrest. He's a Commanders analyst for Hogs Haven. We've had him on the podcast a couple times before. You can follow him on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Hey, Jamal, thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm I'm doing good, man. It's uh for 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 me and and maybe a few other people out there who are listening and can relate. Uh, I'm going into a, a very gloomy weekend. If if you're if you're looking at some <laughs> some political things and, and furloughs and, and yeah. potential furloughs and things like that, but um mm-hmm. look, man, I, I'm 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 very excited for this this rematch and, and you put it well, man. Y'all don't get that many one o'clock games, but Washington do and. and Hopefully this is where they shine on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess that's right. I, I I remember looking at the commander's schedule and and thinking to myself, man, you can set you can really set your watch to commander's start times this year. Uh, there's not a whole lot of different. And I think the Eagles have three 
Sunday 1 o'clock starts this year, so this is one of them. Uh, so for traditional fans who, who like their who like their football early on a Sunday, this is uh, this is a, an opportunity for, for Eagles fans to do that and get out at the get out the stadium and tailgate super early, uh, do the mm-hmm. kegs and eggs thing. So um, listen, before we uh, break down uh, X's and O's and matchups here, what is the injury situation looking like for the commanders? I was just kind of browsing it. It looks like you guys are relatively healthy coming into this game. Yeah, I think the biggest concern to this point was Logan Thomas. Um, and I think for Washington now, currently, uh, as we're recording this, they are going through practice. And um, so I don't know the update in terms of if he's practiced today, but yesterday he was practicing in full. Uh, the, the day prior on Tuesday, he was limited, but he started to practice again. So I think for him, who's coming off a concussion, uh, Logan Thomas is looking good for him. Uh, outside of that, everybody else is just dealing with nicks and bruises, except for Chris Rodriguez, the rookie who is dealing with an illness. So he hasn't practiced the last two days. Um, he hasn't practiced at all. So who knows if this is something where he just bounces back if, if he's, if he's healthy on game day, or if like the illness is going to carry over for a few more days. So it's relatively healthy. You're right. Yeah, and the Eagles have a few different things going on. I think they're they're getting a little bit healthier, but they're going to be with they're likely going to be without two of their top four safeties uh, on Sunday. But uh, Reed Blankenship, Terrell Edmonds will be in the lineup. Let's get this out of the way because this has been the talk of the NFL over the last week or two. And I just, for reasons passing understanding, man, as an Eagles fan, obviously we we love the tush push um, or the brotherly <laughs> shove, which is apparently something we're calling it now. I mean. I, I don't really care what we call it. Both names are dumb, in in my opinion. And the whole controversy around this play is dumb. But I I I will recognize Jamal that as an Eagles fan, I have I'm invested in this in this play because it's been really successful for Philadelphia, more successful for the Eagles than other teams who who try to run this. Defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio came out this week, said he wanted it banned. Not a big surprise there. I imagine most defensive coordinators who play the Eagles would like to see this play go away. What is your take? on the most controversial play in the NFL right now, which again is a quarterback sneak. Um, stop it. Like, <laughs> just, just stop it. But, but, but honestly, that, that really, that really is what it is. And, and, and I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Jack Del Rio. Cause that's, that was one of my reference points. When you think about something like that, he actually gave way more than like a headline in that essence. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Del Rio had mentioned that, um he literally mentioned like it's his job to stop it it's his team's job to prepare for it it's his it's his team's job to game plan and figure out a, 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 an effective way to, to to stop that quarterback sneak but then you look at Jalen Hurts um who is squatting so much like he's an explosive individual like you don't see that many quarterbacks like it's rare to have a quarterback who can do the things that he can do in the weight room and then get behind a strong offensive line like the Eagles and then a a, a, a formation that makes it damn near impossible to stop a yard or two so Mm -hmm. like it's a perfect combination for philadelphia now other teams can try to implement that and this is another thing that del rio mentioned that i agree with but you don't have like a quarterback like jalen hurts across the league every quarterback can't do something like that and every quarterback in offensive line and even from a schematic standpoint they can't do things like the way that philly does it so it's it it could be considered unique to philadelphia um in in a completely legal way and that's kind of where i'm like Look, man, just stop it. And 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 honestly, if if you want to find a way to to ban it, um, it's 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 a unnecessary talk right now. But at the same time, um, I think they'd only be banning it because Philadelphia has exactly who they have. Like you you can't yeah. you can't ban a, a play because the quarterback is this physical freak and the offensive line is one of the best in the NFL and say no more no more of this. 
Right. <laughs> like, it's, right. Like, come on. Like, let's 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 be a little bit uh, fair in this situation and understand if you got a quarterback who was just as strong as Jalen Hurts um, and had an offensive line who was above average, you're going to be doing the same thing any opportunity that you can to to get that one yard or, or those two yards. Like, why even waste time? Just go to that every single time. Yeah, and and again, I, every argument against it, the, I just the, there's such an easy counter argument against it. It's not a football play. Well, of course it's a football play. The, it is the the difference between this and the court and the the regular quarterback sneak is minimal. It's 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 the same. It's, it's really the kind of the same thing. Eleven guys on eleven guys trying to get one single yard. Now I I agree that you know having the guys be able to push the quarterback definitely helps the Eagles in this situation. But in a lot of these cases, that they already got that yard before those guys even even lay a shoulder on Jalen Hurts's rear end. I mean, so that's that that's part of it. But I mean, it is a to, to say it's not a football play is just patently false it's a it's it's a football play it's a quarterback sneak play it, it it always has been and you could say well you know it's something that is just unstoppable so it's an unfair competitive advantage well i remember back in the i guess it was um the late 1980s when uh the bengals were running that no huddle offense or maybe it was the bills running that maybe who, who ran it i can't remember which of those teams it was but it was one of those teams was running a no huddle offense that no one could stop nobody in the league could stop and there was talk about trying to ban the no huddle offense wait how, how do we slow this team down because nobody at that time was doing that the only time teams are doing no huddle was in within under two minutes but during the course of a game nobody was doing quick you know running up to the line and calling another play preventing the defense from making substitutions and so you had to figure out a way against it defenses had to figure out a way to substitute players in more rapidly you had the wildcat you had the run and shoot i mean there's so many different things chip kelly's offense when he first came to philadelphia was almost impossible to stop but coaches figured out a way to stop it 2012 with, with washington not the, 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 the rpo offense that yes. was or zone read like it was a, a whole year where defense defenses couldn't figure out anything to stop it um uh, but i do want to add one one thing and, and i guess maybe this is where they think about the and I guess a, a balanced conversation where they figure out that it may be difficult. Um, there is a lot of onus on the defensive line to 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 withstand additional uh, blockers who's going to be behind the quarterback trying to help him get that yard or two or maybe even get in the end zone. And, and maybe that's something where like you don't have that same support from like your second your your second level and third level defenders and your linebackers and your safety because they like they're trying to find a way to get over top of this pile too. Uh, yeah. So so I don't know. Maybe like there's there's something when you look at how much pressure's on the defensive line to to, to withstand two to three additional blockers behind the quarterback trying to push him in your gap. I don't know. Yeah. Like but that's something to consider too and, and maybe that can be a driving force of like it's it's not it's not safe for the defensive line. I don't know, yeah. but yeah. it's something to consider. Yeah, if there's a safety issue there, I I I totally get it, but then I think you just have to band all forward pushing in in football which used to be a rule yes. you, you couldn't do it you you couldn't like if, if there's a receiver had a ball and he's struggling to get that extra couple of yards against a cornerback for a first down you couldn't have the tight end then come from behind and help push the wide receiver past the first down marker there was no you couldn't aid the runner that was a rule in the nfl i don't know why they got rid of it um but they but they did and 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 here we have this play which is a direct result mm -hmm. of getting rid of that rule so Make anyway national headlines. <laughs> it's national headlines it's just it's mind-boggling to me all right let's talk about the matchup here and uh, let's take a look at the philly offense against the commander's defense and right now i think if you're looking at a matchup uh this is i, I think the eagles come out on top in virtually any of these matchups that that we're talking about right now but if you're washington you're jack del rio you look at what the eagles did on the ground these last couple of weeks the passing game hasn't been 
clicking on all cylinders. Jalen Hurts is clearly not where he was last year. I'm confident he'll get there again, but there's still something a little off with the passing game. But the running game is monstrous right now. And you know Tampa Bay came into that game last week, and Tampa's got a good defense with the idea to stop the run, right? That was the whole idea, that they, they knew that they needed to stop the running game, and they couldn't. So how does Jack Del Rio approach this Eagles offense right now? What is he going to be looking to take away to in order to slow down this this Eagles offensive attack? I think for for Washington, the the biggest and and most important thing for for them is eliminating like the explosive play. Um, one of the things that they did last year, uh, despite who the opponent was, but it's it's take or focus on taking away the explosive play. Now, granted, they did give up uh, several, especially early on in the season. Um, but things got a little bit better for them as the year went along. Um, now, I don't think that applied to Philadelphia because in both games, you all had instances where you all popped off uh, for, for big plays against Washington's defense. But at the end of the day, that's where it starts with Del Rio. Um, and you're looking at two guys in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith who can really break a game open at on a, on a single catch, um, whether it's on the, the first level with 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 AJ Brown making somebody miss and, and going 60 or or Devontae Smith over top getting getting behind the third level and the safeties and, and going for for 60 as well depending on depending on the pass um there's so many different ways that you can look at this Eagles offense and say we have to find a way to stop this and for Washington it's going to take um and we'll get to the offense too but from a collective it's going to take a, a really solid game plan on both sides of the ball and an execution as well um, I think with Washington, when you when you look at the Philly, excuse me, the the Buffalo Bills game, one of the things that really hurt them is um, now I've been using a, <laughs> I've been using the wrong word all week, so I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll I, I said they were starstruck from Josh Allen, and I know I was using the, the wrong word, but ultimately I just think that Josh Allen really did numbers on like how they were able to process things, right? Like mm -hmm. they they thought too much when when it came to Josh Allen. And ultimately, it slowed down the defense. It made them second guess their decisions. It made them hesitate, um, and things like that. And when you look at, uh, 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 um, I don't know why I just blanked on on, on Jalen Hurts' name for a second. <laughs> right. But when you look That's at Jalen Hurts, like he's not Josh Allen, right? But at the same time, they they possess uh, scrambling uh, ability. They 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 possess the ability to attack you with their arm as well. Um, and then there's there's weapons that that Jalen Hurts has that. And while you know Buffalo is built a little bit different, like they're a little bit more explosive on this side of the, on on this team. So um, you're going to have an opportunity to get a mulligan defensively, but you're going up against an, a familiar opponent. So like for Jack mm -hmm. Del Rio, it's really about understanding who your opponent is, having a chance to do a little bit things better. You don't have to drop your defensive tackles in the coverage against <laughs> against yeah. Jalen Hurts like you did against Josh Allen. Why are you being a little bit too exotic in a sense? You had Deron Payne drop back in coverage a couple times for mm -hmm. for uh, unexplained reason. Um, and then you had Montez Sweat dropping back a couple times as well. Like find a way to, to collapse the pocket on on Jalen Hurts. Uh, but but there's going to be several different avenues that Washington needs to take. You mentioned the run game. And I'll be quick with this one. You're you're not wrong at all. Like that is an a, an explosive running back in DeAndre Swift. Um, and for Washington, the perimeter runs really hurt them. So um, there, I'm I'm sure Philadelphia is going to test them with some some stretch runs or maybe some wide some some out off tackle runs and things like that, and seeing if they can stay disciplined in their gaps, like as they're moving from sideline to sideline. Uh, but that's another thing because if, if they continue to get outside on Washington, it can be a long day. So 
It's, it's yeah. several different ways that you can go defensively for Jack. And we haven't even really seen Jalen Hurts take off and run with the ball uh, with the with the Eagles RPO game just yet, which is kind of interesting. It's been mostly with the running backs uh, so far, which I guess is good because you don't want Jalen Hurts to uh, to get hurt running the football. But I wonder if that has affected his ability to uh, to to throw the football. And and we come into this game every year and we look at the Washington front four. That's usually among your strongest position groups. And you got Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young is on the field and playing football. So that's a positive step forward for the commanders. How is this group played? Because I know last week, no sacks, one quarterback hit. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen's numbers didn't look all that great. 79.9 rating. They got an interception off of him. But um, how have the how's the, the front four looked so far this season? And how do they match up against this Eagles offensive line? Um. So I, I honestly think that the, the commander's defensive line has done a, a really good job uh, for the most part throughout the throughout the season. Um, I think that they've shown two weeks in a row in Arizona and Denver that they are capable of really taking over a game. Um, and I think that d- despite who they play against, like that is is very important to know. Like you you've shown as a unit that you are capable of taking over a game at any given moment. Um, and they shut down a team for for two halves in two different games that third and fourth quarter both arizona and denver um they, they really stood up and and for buffalo i think um i mentioned some of the schematic ways that washington hurt themselves whether it's from uh second guessing themselves or even from a coverage standpoint you would put um you have man coverage on the back end uh or to cover two man which you rarely run but what that did was leave the the defensive line in a position where you had to be as perfect as possible against a Josh Allen, because you don't have no help behind you. Like there's no, there's not going to be a Jamin Davis to chase down uh, Jalen, uh, excuse me, uh, Josh Allen if he decides to scramble. And, and the same thing with Washington against Philadelphia. Um, this defensive line is going to look at a position where, like, you, if 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 Jack Del Rio decides to do this thing again, they have to be smart. Um, and, and I think that's what really hurt him against Buffalo. Uh, but also, Buffalo did a good job of scheming them out of the game. Whether it's through their max protection, um, they're finding ways to to have like an additional blocker in. So you'll have your twelve personnel, your run, your your one running back and two tight ends, or maybe even twenty two with two running backs and two tight ends. But that extra tight end is a is an offensive lineman. So you're finding ways to to really get hands on these defensive linemen, or 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 even whether whether it's chips, um, mm. blocking releases. Like you're you're finding ways to slow these guys down. You're moving the pocket through play action um boot rollouts a lot of things that really slowed down that rush against buffalo so for philadelphia and how you match up against these guys um i wouldn't be surprised if washington is expecting somewhat similar now philadelphia and and even league teams across the league you're going to run what what you do best right but you'd be a fool to not look at the tape prior or the couple weeks prior and see what worked against this same defense and the last thing that worked against this defense was how was how Buffalo was able to get them out of their out of their rhythm and, and out of their aggressive nature. So um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia takes a little bit out of the Bills playbook um, from a schematic standpoint. Um, but I, but I wouldn't be surprised if if they if they do stand true to who they are. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if there is moments where this defensive line creates some havoc on Jalen uh, Hurts. Uh, I, I know. And I mentioned it when we first started. I know how good the, the Eagles offensive line is, but um, you have four first rounders on this on this defensive line. You got some explosive guys on this defensive line. Um, it's going to be impossible to sit here and say out of a, a 60 minute game and 30 pass dropbacks that these defensive linemen are going to win. The question is, what are they going to do when they get to the quarterback?
Looking at the Washington offense against the Eagles defense here, new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, I imagine, has um, has the offense looking a little bit different than we saw in years past. And of course, you go from Taylor Heineke to Sam Howell here. Sam Howell had a bad week last week: 170 yards in the air, four interceptions, 5.9 yards per pass attempt, a 41. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, 41.5 passer rating. Uh, exact nine times last week yeah. with 15 quarterback hits against him. I mean, that's just, that's an insane number. And he's going to be going up an Eagles defensive front that has dominated in the middle with Jalen Carter, obviously, but Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox is having a renaissance season. And we get Hassan Reddick got his cast off of his hand and he's going to be going up, a, you know, against a, a, an offensive line that has had its struggles so far here this year. I'm kind of predicting a big Reddick breakout game here, sack and a half, two sacks from him in this one because he's been real quiet so far this year. What do you think about that matchup with the 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 commander's offensive line being able to protect Sam Howell? Are we going to look at a repeat performance there this week? <laughs> well, look. Um, first of all, if you line if you line up your your fastest pass rusher against Andrew Wilder, you you may you may be absolutely right, and that's obviously Hassan Reddick, but. Get your matchups on 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 Wiley and see what you can do from there. Like that's that's the that's that's the first order of things with that that uh, defensive line matchup um, with the the Washington offense. But honestly, I think even when you look at Washington as a whole, like the conversation within the community, uh, media, a fan base, um, all those things, right? Uh, it's where does the blame lie for all of these issues with the sacks accumulated, the hits accumulated? And and even with um with Sam Howell, you look at like how 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 much is he contributing to this? And Eric Bieniemy, how much is he contributing to this? Um, it's it's so nuanced here in Washington that I can we can talk about this for twenty five minutes alone. <laughs> I think that the the honest way to say is like um they have some work to do. Like that's a most simple simplistic way of saying it. Sam Howell is a young quarterback going into year, uh game five of his NFL career. And I think one of his issues ever since dating back to college, and it's been verified a thousand times, and even in, in this in this season, um, he has a issue with holding on to the football, um, and he gets himself into some situations. This offensive line has had some struggles here and there, but it's not to the point where you look at these numbers, uh, where he's on 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 um, projected to to finish with 107 sacks on the season at this point. You don't sit here and say that this offensive line is terrible. If you really look at these guys on a game-to-game -game basis or even watch the tape, you know that these guys are are better than what the numbers suggest. Um, but it's also, you think about it, how is uh, Eric Benemy going to be able to scheme up some ways to protect Sam Howell better, right? Um, you didn't really utilize a lot of screens against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you didn't really find a way to, to move the pocket against the Buffalo Bills. Not much play action throughout the entire season uh, with Washington and Eric Benemy. And you're not utilizing Brian Robinson as much as you could mm. and, and whether that's running the football or even just getting him involved in the pass game more, you're just not doing it. And, and again, when you look at this matchup with the offensive line, um, I think that Sam Cosme, your, your right guard for Washington uh, has had a solid start to his season. Um, same thing with Nick Gates as well. Charles Leno has had some struggles here and there, but he's an above average left tackle who bounces back in, in ways where he's, he's more valuable than he is uh, expendable, I guess. But Andrew Wiley is probably the problem guy. Um, Sadiq Charles is still developing, um, but he's had a solid start to his his season as a full time NFL starter now. So I, I think from a matchup perspective, um, they're going to have their biggest test of the season to this point in terms of the interior offensive line going up against your um, 
uh, your rookie. <laughs> what's, his, yes. what's his name again? Jalen Carter, um, man. Jalen Carter, Fletcher yep. Cox. Um, and then you have the guy from last year, Jordan Davis. Uh, there's going to be so many different ways that you all can attack or, or try to scheme up some pressures and, and even some line games to confuse these guys or, or get them uh, uh, in a position where their leverage is used against them. Like There's so many different ways that you all can, can test these guys. And, and I think that's probably the biggest thing um, or excuse me, the second biggest thing because uh, Wiley is going to be the number one. He's going to be the number yeah. one target. But but honestly, uh, there's a culmination of ways that Washington can protect Sam Howell better, uh, including Sam Howell protecting himself better. So like I think it starts and stops with with Washington more than it does with like Philadelphia's ability to win up front. Yeah, he's got to get the ball out of his hands fast in this game. And he's got Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. You know, I think you're going to probably see some quick hitters to these guys just to kind of yeah. get the ball, get the ball out of his hand fast. That's how you beat. That's how you slow down this Eagles pass rush is have that quarterback with the ball out, you know, as close to two seconds flat as you, as you can do it, because uh, otherwise he just he's a target back there for, for these guys who are, who are running 100%. to get him. And Brian Robinson ran 70 yards on 10 carries last year, uh, last week. Um, don't know if that's going to maintain itself with the Eagles' number one rush defense so far in the NFL. Looks like Sean Desai, more so than Jonathan Gannon, really does kind of want to focus on stopping the run a little bit more than um, than, than we did last year. So um, kind of looking at the matchups here, this obviously is a game in which the Eagles are heavily favored here at home, but that was the case last year when Washington came into Philadelphia and pulled off the upset with a ball control style offense and uh, a veteran quarterback in Taylor Heineke, um, who might be, certainly has less of a ceiling than Sam Howell, but maybe a little bit of a higher floor so coming into this game uh the commanders are one and two the eagles three and oh how are you feeling about this game jamal what's your prediction hold on are you uh are you already contributing to loss to us i mean we, we got two dubs are you saying we just gonna we're gonna we're gonna lose the we're gonna lose the philly make it two and two that, did that I, what you were thinking what did i say did i say one and two or two yeah, and one yeah yeah one i and meant two, two and one i meant <laughs> nah, two and good. one <laughs> <laughs> but um no I, I think from a matchup perspective i think honestly so logan thomas coming back and and people on the washington side know how i feel about cole turner cole turner is a, a second year player now who spent spent a lot of season or excuse me a lot of time last season uh, dealing with nagging injuries, various injuries, whether it's a, a lower body thing. I, I think he messed up his knee at one point and then he dealt with concussion, a concussion during the season. Uh, but this year he's been able to play through preseason training camp and the first three games. And um, he's showing when he does get targeted, what he can do for your offense in terms of stretching the field. Right. But I think ultimately why I bring him up is because the tight ends with Logan Thomas coming back, uh, you add some more dynamic uh, uh, playmaking ability, uh, whether it's, uh, downfield or just finding holes in the zone for for your quarterback um i think that's kind of what helps open up this offense for for sam in, in terms of being more efficient um and i think for for a matchup perspective offensively b rob is going to be Byron robinson is going to be uh very important for this offense but also the tight ends and and mm -hmm. if you can find a way to involve these guys on on a drive to drive basis and find ways to utilize them and, and like just understand this is what we're committing to then then maybe you do have a chance you mentioned Jahan Terry as well as Curtis um they've indicated and, I, and we've seen it three games in this is just something where like while you're not getting targeted as much as I think that they should and as much as a lot of people think that they should um this is a, a, a an assist type of offense where you know anybody can get a target and we're not featuring a person specifically right but I, I yeah. think they need to kind of change or, or tune it up just a little bit yeah um but but in terms of uh how i think the game is going to go um i did have philadelphia winning this um i also feel like 
this is one of those games where you why you lost by 34 points to the Buffalo Bills. This is a, a game that I wouldn't be surprised if it's close until like that, that fourth quarter or maybe even late into the fourth quarter. So um, it's obviously because the common opponent, um, you know, these guys uh, short of the coordinators changed, but the players uh, for a large part didn't. I mean, you, you added Swift, you added Carter. But for the most part, like a lot of personnel was somewhat the same. So you have a, a better chance of, of changing things around than you did against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So um, I do think Philadelphia wins. Ultimately, I think that you all win by I would say I think I said 30 to 17 on my podcast. So mm-hmm. um, and at the end of the day, double digit win, two possession win um, for the Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and all three of the Eagles wins. The games have been pretty close for the most part, uh, and and yet the final score uh, looks pretty lopsided in, in a lot of these different cases. So um, interesting to see how things play out here on Sunday afternoon. Again, 1 o'clock start time between the Eagles and the Commanders at Lincoln Financial Field. And you can follow up on everything about the Commanders by going over to Hogshaven, which is, of course, the Commanders SB Nation site. You can read all of Jamal's stuff there. And you can also follow him on Twitter to catch his podcast and, uh, and, and all his written work as well at let uh, let mall tell it that's l-e-t-m-u-a-l-t-e-l-l-i-t so grab him up on the x machine or the twitter machine whatever it is we're calling it now and follow him there yeah what i yeah i I don't know what we're calling this thing man hey buddy thanks for coming back on eye on the enemy i really appreciate it absolutely man appreciate it take care support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. V-A-N-29.com. All right, before I give you my prediction on this game, let's just kind of take you around the NFL and set up week four just a little bit. And of course, the Lions and Packers with a big NFC North matchup, uh, a game that could have wildcard implications a little bit further down the line. Uh, The Detroit Lions showing they are clearly the team to beat in the NFC North after a 34-20 beatdown of the Packers in Green Bay, a game in which the Lions were up 24 at halftime. The Packers made a game of it in the third quarter, but uh, Detroit pulled away with a late touchdown and ended up winning this thing by 14 points any thoughts of jordan love coming in and taking the division by storm have been quietly wiped away however the lions and and and, uh you now have a three and one record the uh green bay packers at two and two so the packers are in decent shape but the lions have won four in a row now over green bay and have won six straight games against divisional opponents that is tied for the franchise's longest win streak within the division in the Super Bowl era, tied with 1983 and 1995. David Montgomery uh, has had a good start to the season for the Lions. Jared Goff uh, had, was um, 
not awesome in this game, but did enough. 19 of 28 for a touchdown and an interception. Goff now 5-1 and one against the Packers in his career, but it was really the Lions' defense that was doing a number on the Green Bay offense. So they allowed just 21 yards in the first half. That's the fewest by any NFL team in the first half of a game this season. That is even worse than the Jets' 39 yards in week number one. And it was the Packers' lowest output in any half since December of 1982. Pretty amazing. So, um, you know, if you're looking at numbers, uh, uh, Jones's numbers look decent. 23 for 36 for the Green Bay quarterback for 246 yards. Two interceptions, though, although he did uh, throw for a touchdown and ran for one, but a lot of that was in garbage time while Green Bay was way, way down. And just taking a look at some of the other NFC contenders, what they're going to be doing this weekend, the Cowboys will be looking to bounce back from last week's embarrassment to Jonathan Gannon and the Cardinals, and they'll be hosting the Plucky Patriots in Dallas. That's a 425 start on Sunday afternoon, Uh, so looking at... Hopefully, another second straight upset of the Cowboys. The Cardinals will try and do it again. They'll try to upset another NFC behemoth this weekend when they travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. I would not expect a repeat performance from Jonathan Gannon's crew. Uh, You've got the New York Giants hosting the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. The Giants 1-2 to start the season. A very weird start for the season for them. They have not looked good at all in their two losses. Uh, The Seahawks at 2-1 on the season. You've got the 2-1 Buccaneers traveling to New Orleans to take on the 2-1 Saints in a big NFC South matchup. And then the 2-1 Falcons are in Jacksonville to take on Doug Peterson's Jaguars. The Jags trying to get right after a 1-2 start. Another typical slow start for a Doug Peterson coach team. We know they'll figure it out, but what's their record going to look like when they do? Um, that is a that division is obviously wide open for the Jaguars to go in and take. But you know, CJ Stroud with the Texans playing really well. Maybe the Texans are going to be a little bit better than people think. All right, let me give you my prediction on this Eagles-Commanders game, and I, I see it kind of the same way as Jamal, although I think I think we're going to see the Eagles finally start to look like the Eagles, especially the passing offense, and especially Jalen Hurts. I, I think the Eagles will continue to run the ball well, but I think you're going to see a little bit more Jalen Hurts running the football himself this Sunday, and I think you're going to see a little bit more consistency from the passing game. So much of what we've seen from Jalen Hurts is he's just missing. He's just kind of off. I don't know that we're seeing the defenses do a whole lot to foul him up. I don't think he's crumbling under pressure. He's doing very well uh, in terms of beating the blitz so far this year. And I know defenses have been giving him a lot of weird looks. I don't know how much his illness played into his performance last week. He certainly didn't use it as an excuse. We kind of expect a little bit more from Jalen Hurts after what we saw last year. I think we will see a lot more of it this year. I think this commander's defense, the front four is very good. They did a decent job bottling up Josh Allen last week, but at home, Lincoln Financial Field, uh, I, I think this is a game where the this it's not terribly close really the whole way. Even, even last week against the Buccaneers, it felt close. I think we'll see the Eagles put more points up early in this game. I think we'll be looking at uh, maybe a two-touchdown lead for the Eagles at halftime, and I don't think it'll really get all that scary at any point in this game. I think the Eagles will win it comfortably, and I think we'll see the best performance by the passing offense yet this year. Eagles win this thing 28-14. to All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. And want to again remind you, 
BleedingGreenNation.com is your one-stop shop for all Eagles news, so check out everything we got going on there. I've got an article about the Tush Push. You heard me and Jamal talking about it a little bit earlier uh, in the podcast and what a ridiculous conversation that is. So you can read that as well as all of the latest news, notes, and rumors about the Eagles leading up to their Week 4 matchup against the Washington Commanders. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Eye on the Enemy.